The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the omniscience of God. It's clear from the scripture that God is all-knowing. He knows everything that's ever happened. He knows everything that ever will happen. He knows everything that's going on in the world right now. He even knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. There's a lot that I don't know about the world around me, but I can take comfort in the fact that God knows everything. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Here in the vineyard of my Lord, I love to Yeah. Hey. 
tells us he even sees a little sparrow when it falls. He sees the sparrow. He says, one of them, talking to us about sparrows, shall not fall to the ground without your father. Wow. He knows the birds. He, he, he knows the other wildlife. It says, the wild beasts of the field are mine. Psalm 29, 9 says, the voice of the Lord maketh the hinds or the deer to calve. And discovereth the forest. And that means not that he's finding out about it. That means he's laying it bare. He's, he's opening it up. In, in his mind and understanding, he knows every leaf of every tree of every forest in this world. We don't have time today to do this, but sometime when you get a chance, maybe this afternoon when this rain starts falling, you ain't got anything better to do. Open up your Bible to Job chapter 38. And see what God says in his questioning of Job. Where were you, Job? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I told the water it could come so far and no further? He goes on for about two or three chapters there telling us what all he did and how great he is. I think you'll agree with me that how great thou art does not do him justice. <laughs> because he's even greater than we could ever praise him. God knows his creation. Now... Get this, this is beginning to get kind of precious to us here. God certainly knows all things, and he knows himself, and he knows his creation, but we're told in the Word of God that God knows every single one of his people. Every single one of his people. It would be a sorry sight indeed. It would be a weak God indeed. If he knew everything except who he was sending his son to die for, wouldn't that be a sad situation? But according to Paul in writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, Paul makes this statement. He says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. I really want to know what the foundation of God is. I need to know what kind of seal there is upon the foundation of God. When I build a house, I want to know the foundation is secure. I want to know that this foundation, Brother Bob Holly came up here many, many days to make sure that the foundation here was secure, to make sure they were pouring it right so that when we built this building, it wouldn't fall down. I want to know as I stand here, Brother Buddy, that this building is built on a firm foundation. Well, beloved, it's even more important to know the foundation of God, is it not? The foundation of salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is even more important. He said the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal. What's that seal, Paul? The Lord knoweth them that are his. Isn't that amazing? 
Over in Isaiah chapter 53, we're, that's the great, we call that sometimes the gospel according to Isaiah, right? <laughs> the 53rd chapter, so precious. And there's a place in there, I believe it's about verse, uh, verse 11 maybe, where he says, uh, where, where, where uh, Isaiah writes this, he says, uh, By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. What's he talking about? The knowledge of who he was going to die for. The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that salvation is not by happenstance. That's why the angel could stand there and tell Joseph uh, on, on the day that Joseph was thinking about putting away his wife uh, to spare her from embarrassment because he wasn't sure what was happening in this pregnancy that occurred before their marriage. And he said, uh, he said uh, Joseph, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, for she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel could say that and not be joking. He could say that and not be wrong or mistaken because he did save his people from their sins. That's why John could write that Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. You know why? Because God gave him some people and he knew who they were. And he accomplished the task. He tells us in John 17 about verse 2, I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. And that's Jesus talking to God, not Jesus talking to you or you talking to him. Jesus said, I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. And therefore Jeremiah could say, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And therefore... With loving kindness have I drawn thee. And beloved, you know something else? I want to tell you something that I don't know if you can say it's better than that, but it sure does help me even more right here and now. God knows his people. He knows each and every one of them. God knows you, beloved. If you're one of his children, he knows you. He knows exactly. He knows you personally. He knows all about you. Now, I like to think about God saving his people, brother buddy, but I really like to think about God saving me. I like to think about God knowing all things in creation and all things in this world that have ever been or ever will be. I like to think about him knowing all of his people, who they are, but it really gets down to the heart of the matter when I think about He knows me in the depths of the night, in the dead of night, when I'm struggling to go back to sleep because I'm worrying and I'm upset and I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed. I need to know that God knows me personally. See, He tells us in His Word, this omniscient God knows what you're made of, beloved. Over in Psalm 103, just a few pages back, Psalm 103 in verse 14, listen to this. <laughs> Psalm 103 and verse 14, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. He knows what we're made of. That word frame there means our form or our purpose or our intellectual framework. And he formed us from the dust. You know, as I said, I made a few things in my life from, you know, from, from scratch, so to speak. But, but God made us from the dust and he knew he knows us he made us in his image he created us like he wanted us to be 
He tells us in Matthew 10 and verse 30 that the very hairs of our head are all numbered. Now it's getting easier to count the hairs on my head and maybe some of y'all are the same way, but I tell you, I still hadn't counted all the hair on my head and I know many people that are completely bald that hadn't counted all the hairs on their head, but God knows each and every single one of them. Look at going back to our text chapter, Psalm 139. Look at verse 14. I will praise thee, the psalmist says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. He knows what you're made of, beloved. He knows what you are. And not only that, and this can get a little, little scary, he knows what you're thinking. <laughs> Remember what we read in our, as we began this? He said, first part of Psalm 139, he said, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Verse 2, thou knowest my down sitting, mine uprising. Verse 4, just for lack of time, skip down to that. He said, there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Over in, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 44 and verse 21, he says, he knoweth the secrets of the heart. He knoweth the secrets of the heart. Do you have something secret that you've kept from everybody else? God knows it. Maybe it's a secret sin. He knows it. Maybe it's a secret desire. He knows it. Maybe it's a secret hurt. He knows it. Maybe it's a secret uh, that, that burdens you. He knows it, you see. We're told in 1 Chronicles 28, 9, The Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. You know, I have trouble sometimes remembering how I said something and what I meant when I said it. You ever, you ever had that trouble? As time goes by, you know, maybe at the time you meant it one way, but later on you convince yourself that you meant it a different way. God knows. Have you ever not said something that you thought and you almost said? Well, in the sight of God, you might as well have said it because he knows. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to hold your tongue, especially if it's something sinful or speaking in anger or something. Brother Buddy's preached to us about acceptable words quite a bit lately. And it's a whole lot better to keep it in than to offend your brother. But just understand, God knows regardless. He knows what you're thinking. He knows where you are. He knows where you are physically. He knows where you are geographically. Proverbs 15:3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. You can't hide from God. Look at, look at Psalm 139. We quit reading in verse 6 when we started this message, but let's go to verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. <laughs> you can't hide from God. 
Jonah thought he could. He ended up in the belly of a whale, but you know what? God was there. God knew where he was. He was in the belly of hell. He, he called that himself, and yet God was there. You can't fly to Mars or Venus or Jupiter and get away from God. He's there, you see. He's there. He knows where you are. I love, I love the story of Hagar and Ishmael. When Hagar, let me just turn back over to Genesis chapter 16. You know, Ishmael was the illegitimate son of Abraham that he had uh, with Sarah's permission with her little hand, Egyptian handmaid. And of course, as those things usually do, they end up with problems. And Sarah got jealous and, and had Abraham kick her out, kick Hagar out. And she gets out into the wilderness, out into the desert. Back in Genesis 16, we'll skip most of the story, but we'll come down uh, to the point where after Hagar had run away from Sarah, the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness and stopped and talked to her and told her to go back. She was out there where nobody, she thought, knew where she was, but God did. Look at verse 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? And wherefore the well was called Be'er Lahai Roi. Behold, it's between Kadesh and Barad. And that word there literally means, in verse 14, Be'er, the word Be'er or Beer is, is the word for well. Uh, Beersheba, you've heard of those places like that. That's talking about a well at Sheba. And here this well, Be'er Lahai Roi, is the well of him that liveth. And seeth me. She couldn't go anywhere. She could, she could get away from Sarah. She could get away from Abraham. But she couldn't get away from God. I like that little story. That means that in the wilderness, wherever we are, God knows where we are. And you know, he knows, he knows where you came from. He knew you before you were you. We've already read in verse uh, 14 and 15, or verse, beginning verse 13 of Psalm 139, thou hast possessed my reins, thou covered me in my mother's womb. He knew you before you were you. He said, I will praise thee. He goes on to say in verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. He knew you before you were brought forth. He tells Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And before thou was brought forth, I sanctified thee to be a prophet for me. He says, my substance was not hid from thee. He knew you before you were you. He knows where you came from. And praise God, he knows where you're going. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 of Psalm 139. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book. Now this is amazing. This will blow your mind right here. Now remember, this is, this is his substance before he was formed. Okay, this is before he became who he was. This psalmist here. Thine eyes did see my substance being yet unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Do you know your life story? God already knew all about it. Now, now don't, don't, let's get too far afield here, but I want to say that doesn't mean God caused it. God didn't make you steal that penny or or lie to that teacher 
or whatever it may be that you've done. God didn't make you do that, but God knows all about it. And he knew all about it before you were ever formed in the womb. He knows where you're going. And this is maybe the sweetest thing as we bring this to a close. Praise God because of his omniscience, because he knows all things, because he knows his creation, because he knows who his children are, and because he knows you as his child. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're facing, child of God. Listen to, listen to what Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 11 says. Listen to Proverbs 15, verse 11. L and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men? In other words, if hell and destruction can't hide from God, if he knows all about hell and destruction, how much more does he know about the hearts of his children? Hell is that Hebrew word sheol, which refers to not just the grave, although that's part of it, but also the underworld. Hell, that, as we know it. And then I like that word destruction. That word destruction there is the Hebrew word abaddon, abaddon. Now to some of you Bible readers, that'll be a familiar word because over in the book of Revelation, chapter 9 and verse 11, you're going to see that word transliterated. Translated is when it takes a word uh, and, 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 and puts what that meaning of that word is into a different language. So, so this, this word here is translated. The King James Bible is translated from Hebrew and Greek, and in one place, a couple of places, Aramaic, and, it, and the meanings are put in in English, okay? Transliterated means you take the word and literally bring it over as that word. For example, uh, uh, manna. Manna is, uh, is not normally an English word. It's the Hebrew word mana, and, and yet they bring it over into Greek as M-A-N-N-A, and they bring it over in, in, in English as M-A-N-N-A. So it's transliterated, and it means something now, of course to us, but it wasn't originally an English word. Well, this word Abaddon, A-B-A-D-D-O-N, was not originally an English word, but you read about Abaddon being the one who is, uh, uh, is leading the forces of, of, of evil and wickedness over there in the book of Revelation. And literally what that word is, is transliterated from, from Hebrew, Abaddon, to, to Greek, Abaddon, to English, Abaddon, and it means ruin or destruction. It means, uh, and it actually refers to the prince of the dark regions over there in Revelation. And, and you know, think about this. God is, in other words, God is saying, I know all about hell. I Did you know God created hell? God, the devil didn't create hell. We, we sometimes talk about it being a devil's hell, but it's not a devil's hell. It's God's hell. It's been created by God for the devil and his angels and, and, and those who are not children of God. You see, it was created by God. God knows all about it. God knows all about destruction. God knows all about these things. Sometimes we say we are experiencing hell on earth and we may be getting a little taste of it, but really we, we don't know what we're talking about. But God does, because he even knows real hell and abandon destruction. You know, death is probably the scariest thing we face, isn't it? I mean, that's really our greatest fear is, is dying and, and death. You know, that's why we work to make money so we don't starve to death. That's why we get nervous sometimes when we get on the roads and 
Maybe get in crowds where there's some rough-looking characters and that sort of thing. But, you know, death doesn't bother God at all. Now, now don't misunderstand me. He, death is an enemy. He hates it, and he didn't bring it. But God's not perturbed by it at all. One of the things that always kind of just made me kind of cringe is the idea of a burial at sea. You know, when, on those ships, especially in, in years past, centuries ago, when they'd cross the Atlantic coming to America, there'd be people that would die on those ships. And, and they wouldn't keep the bodies on the ship because of, of it would, the decomposition would be a health risk. And they would take that body, wrap it up, weight it down, and cast it into the sea. And that just, you know, the thought of that body going down into the bottom of the ocean, a mile down, what, and, and, and ultimately being eaten by the fishes or, 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 or just decomposing, it just it kind of, when I was a kid, that kind of bothered me. You know, it doesn't bother me now to think about that. You know why? Because God knows all the burial places. You know, there were, there were people on 9-11 that were obliterated. They couldn't have a burial casket. They couldn't do anything. I, I've experienced that. I had a victim in a homicide one time that was burned completely up, just about. I went to her funeral, and, and her remains were in an urn. On the, I thought, how terrible that is. Her mom and daddy sitting there having to deal with that. But, beloved, let me just say this to you. Don't, don't be upset to the point of shaking your faith if something like that happens to one of your loved ones. There's no telling what condition these old bodies may get in before death. But I tell you what, God knows every atom of their existence. God knows the place where every atom of their dust resides to this day. And one day, he, you know, he alone knows where Moses sleeps. Moses, we don't even know where Moses was buried, but God knows. He knows where Adam's remains lie. The whole realm of the dead lies open before the Lord. Man, a God like that, I can trust my, my daily walk to. How about you? I believe I can live with that. He says in Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 31 and verse 15, My times are in thy hands. That, and that, that word times there, I like that. <laughs> I looked it up in, in, in one of the Hebrew lexicons. This is what that word times means. It's a whole bunch, you know, the Hebrew definitions, they'll have a bunch of different aspects of it that they'll list. That's what I like about some of these lexicons. So the word times can mean a proper time, a certain time, a longer time, a happy time, an unhappy time, every time. <laughs> All times, beloved, are in his hands. All times. You know, as we bring this to a close, we bring it to a close here from Psalm 139. After saying all of this about the great omniscience and knowledge of God, look at verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, 
I am still with thee. You know, there's coming a time when this old world's going to be rolled up like a scroll. It's going to be burned up like with a fervent heat. That sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? But not when you know the God who knows everything. We had not even talked about his omnipotence, his all-powerfulness. We've just talked about his all-knowingness today. He knows where all of us are. And when I lay down in death, though my body be returned to the dust that it was formed from, yet God knows exactly where I am. And when his trumpet blows, when his resurrection day comes, he will gather it back together, the dust that no man can bring together. None of us can do it, but God can bring it together, and we'll do that and will bring us home to be with him. Praise God for our great and wonderful, all-knowing God. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you, and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.